0: Welcome to Pacific Takes. To the Fullman and Pullman Show, the official podcast of the Pac-12 on the SB Nation Network. Jack, it's 2018, and the Pac-12 is officially dead.
1: Officially, no, uh, couldn't have gone worse.
0: Just suffered
1: the worst bowl
0: season ever. Never before has a Power Five conference been this bad.
1: One and eight. One and eight, and not a very competitive one and eight. On top of that.
0: Bowl results always need some context, but there's not a whole lot of ways to sugarcoat this one. This is an all-time faceplant. All-time. So the Cotton Bowl, USC loses to Ohio State. Fiesta, Washington gave it a run, but ends up coming short against Penn State. The Alamo, Alamo Bowl, Stanford loses to TCU. Holiday Bowl, Wazoo gets smacked by Michigan State. Sun Bowl, Arizona State Loses to NC State. Wasn't even close. Oregon gets pummeled by Boise State in Vegas. They didn't even want to show up. Arizona loses to Purdue in the Chicken Bowl. UCLA, without Josh Rosen, loses to Kansas State, as Jack predicted. But there is one bright spot in the conference. That's Kyle Whittingham going 11-1 in bowl games, getting his Utah Utes to beat West Virginia 30-14. to 14. How about them Utes?
1: They can chew up in one game, I guess. That's that's a good test. So, you know, it's tough. You don't want to – you you use
0: these bowl games as a barometer for how good a conference is. But the Pac-12, you know, they beat up on each other all year. There were some key injuries in these bowl games. Luke Falk didn't play for Wazoo. Neither did their two best receivers or the best Polynesian player in the country – UCLA didn't have Josh Rosen, who will be the number one pick in the draft or top five. Um, There's lots of injuries. It was a weird year. Um, You know, how much credence do you put into this bowl flop as the Pac-12 being completely dead? Or is it just killed? Or is it deceased? Or is the Pac-12 never going to be good again? Or is the Pac-12 completely finished?
1: It's just a sleep. Which of
0: those is the Pac-12?
1: It's just a sleep. It was just a a, a bat. I mean, it wasn't a good year, obviously. It was a sleeping beauty. Yeah, it was... You got to
0: go and give her her a little kiss. Oh, my
1: God. Yeah. (laughs) It it, it was a rough one. There's no getting around it. There's a lot of excuses. uh, To me... Maybe we'll get into it later. There's a nuance of getting over seat, one team getting overseated and one one or two teams getting underseated and then that kind of throws everything off. But yeah, it was not good.
0: Yeah, you're right. I think basing conference quality entirely on bowl results is kind of a fallacy, although it's a popular activity. The Pac-12 is a good conference with a lot of good teams, and I think regardless of the, of the results in a one shot game, you know, it's tough. Matchups are different. So much of it is what team wants to be in that bowl game. Six of the Pac-12s, eight losing teams, entered the matchups as underdogs. We had two unranked teams uh, playing ranked teams in those bowls. So it's not a good look. It's not good at all. No. But we already knew the Pac-12 was, you know, good but not great this year.
1: Yeah, pretty much. I didn't think it would be that bad, but it's not like – A complete, you know, revelation that the conference was a little bit down this year, especially at the top.
0: Let's talk about the Pac-12 as a conference here at the end of the season, now that we're done with the bowl games. Jack, a storyline for the season. Everybody deals with injuries, but it seemed like this was a particular year for the Pac-12 with some injuries, especially at the top, that made it difficult for, you know, teams to break through.
1: Yeah, USC got healthy at the end of the year, so I don't know if it's an excuse for them for the bowl game, but USC was a ward a lot of the season, and that was supposed to be the conference's top team. Washington had some really serious injuries. They had a couple guys uh, that didn't play in their bowl game too. Uh, some of their best players, uh, arguably their best offensive and defensive player, didn't play uh, the bulk of the season. Um, then you had some of the, the big names like Josh Rosen, and Luke Falk, Guys had injury problems, and uh, it was kind of all across the conference at every position, every level. Uh, I know it's one of those things you always – every fan always does it of their team where they're like, oh, if we just had these five guys, you know, we would have been great this year, but then you have to go back and go to every team. Well, if every team gets to do that, there's some of that there, but it just seems like this was, especially for the conference's best teams, just a bad injury year. So now with everybody shitting on the Pac-12,
0: it's hard to think, but if you remember before the bowl games – Maybe the Pac-12 was a little bit overrated going into those games, and and maybe the Big Ten, who had a great year, they've had a few in a row now. Maybe they were a little bit underrated, and it ended up being kind of some disaster matchups for the Pac-12.
1: Yeah, it was really a an overrate an overrating of the Pac-12. Not even really overrating, just the way the the cards sh- shook out in that Washington.
0: It was great for fans it because was, yeah. you got your team in a bowl game that
1: was probably one seed better than you probably deserved. Exactly. Yeah. But yeah, it kind of worked out that way where Washington kind of snuck in the back door into a, uh, an NY six bowl when they probably didn't deserve it. Uh, neither would Stanford, who would have been the other team that could have done it. And that pushed every Pac 12 team up, up a, a slot. So they were playing kind of above their above their weight. Uh, and then the Big Ten got snubbed for the playoff. Uh, Ohio State or Penn State, both those teams, maybe thrown Wisconsin, the, uh, all teams that could have been in the playoff, uh, they got shut out. So they got slid down. And the Pac-12 plays all, most of their bowl games against the Big Ten. So uh, it was like a wrestling match in you know, high school where every Pac-12 team seemed to be playing up and every Big Ten team was playing down. And that's kind of what happens. I would say I was impressed with the Big Ten. Uh, all things considered, still uh, a, a Pac-12 champion USC team should never not be competitive against a uh, you know a Big Ten champion Ohio State team the way they were. Uh, teams got to show up and not God, get blown I, out. I, I, thought I had SC hanging, winning that game. Like the
0: whole narrative about Ohio State against Wisconsin in the Big Ten championship, it was. Hey, you know, Wisconsin's just not fast enough to play with Ohio State. Wait till they run into a team with some athletes. Well, SC's got all the athleticism you could want. You'd think that they'd be able to hang with Ohio State. And honestly, it looked like they were completely outcoached.
1: Yeah, that and Ohio State's defensive line stacked. A lot of NFL talent on it. USC's offensive line was bad, the weakness of the team. Bad matchup for them uh, in retrospect. Plus, I mean, Ohio State was probably pretty fired up about not getting to the playoffs. They wanted to show something, but I really think it just comes down to that matchup too. Uh, that, that's a big part of it in that in that specific game. And the
0: same with Washington, like you, you you're playing against a Penn State team. That Penn State team is could probably have been in the playoff if they hadn't had a lightning and in, in weather delay playing uh, against Michigan State that kind of screwed them. Um, when they were really cooking, and they've got the best player in the country.
1: Yeah, Penn State, all those teams. Though I, I would say total total prediction may be wrong. I, I think USC or Washington could to beat Wisconsin. I, I'm not a Wisconsin believer. I think they both. Those it's teams, time to believe in Wisconsin. <laughs> they haven't given they haven't given us any reason not to well, believe in them. Yeah, true. Orny Brook. I, 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 here's what it is. I bet people look at Wisconsin the way. Pac-12 people look at Wisconsin the way probably Big Ten people, probably look at Washington, and probably just don't buy them.
0: Wisconsin did have the benefit of running into Miami in the bowl game, and Miami had—I think they've proven themselves (laughs) to be somewhat of a fraud, as fun as they are. (laughs) Turnover chain my ass. Uh, That's probably the the
1: appropriate way to end the season for the U. Yeah, I I think— Another thing, just bowl games Sometimes it comes down to matchup I think USC or Washington would have been fine Against Wisconsin or Miami uh, Or UCF or someone for that matter But Ohio State and Penn State were tough
0: I was at the Holiday Bowl I don't even really want to touch on the Cougs Completely didn't show up Luke Falk was out Two best wide receivers were out Dismissed from the team Hercules Mataafa The best Polynesian player in the country Sat for the first half. Weird, weird, weird thing with Luke Falk, who came out and warmed up in pads. Everybody thought he was going to play, and then they go back in the locker room, and come out, and all of a sudden he's he's in street clothes and emotional on the sidelines. Dude had apparently had wrist surgery and couldn't go. But what the hell? Like I, I don't know if this is that was like gamesmanship, gamesmanship, from the coach, yeah. Did it work? Stupid.
1: Yeah. I mean, sometimes it seems like the leech thing is just always weird. So I think that's overthinking it and just getting too weird.
0: You know, Cougs got to regroup and and come back next season. We'll see how it goes. They're losing a lot of senior talent. So, Jack, where the hell does the Pac-12 go from here? I mean, what needs to happen to correct – not necessarily correct, but – what what do you need to do? Like, who needs to step it up? You, you'd think that SC needs to step up, right? They're they're the they're the leader in 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 the clubhouse. All boats rise with a rising tide, right? So yeah. you want SC to to play
1: well. SC's the they're the Ohio State, they're the Alabama, they're the the, the Oklahoma, the Clemson of the Pac twelve. And you look at those other conferences. When those other teams are down nationally, most likely the, that conference is not going to be as strong. And USC is the one thing the Pac-12 does that is hurting it, hurting it, too, is USC is the only program like that out in the Pac-12. Uh, there's, not a, there's not a Michigan. There's not a Florida State in the, in the ACC. There's not, you know, like a Florida or an LSU or a, a Texas in the Big 12. There's not that strong second team to kind of consistently push everyone else up. So when USC has gone, it's really glaring. I mean, you've got to have some kind of
0: uh, representation in the North to kind of help bolster that SC dominance in the South,
1: right? Yeah, the the North has that pack of three teams that uh, can be that team. Uh, Stanford was it for a while. They've kind of slipped. They're still great, but they've slipped a little bit. They're not elite nationally. Oregon has fallen off, and Washington's gotten back, but uh, they're not quite there yet to be that second team that nationally people got to be scared of. Uh, at a top 10, top 5 level.
0: Do you think that it's time that Stanford either needs to shoot or get off the pot, as they say? They need to to step up or step away?
1: A little bit. I I, I might be being hard on them, but... They're just kind of a thorn. I think they uh, they have a knack for knocking off the other con- the conferences' powers when uh, they're running for the playoffs. They're in the run for the running for the playoffs, and then they quietly one thing that's kind of hurt the top of the conference is Stanford coming up. They take they take some really top recruits away from like a Washington or a USC or this a sounds, UCLA.
0: Jack, this sounds like sour grapes. <laughs>
1: But I'm not kidding. Uh, it's they take just enough. The, these these
0: these these guys want to be leaders of business and industry and that's get a great. degree. From that is fantastic. The, that's fantastic. That's not good Stanford. That's not good for the conference on a football level. It This is bigger than football, man. This is the conference of champions. But that's not what we're talking about here. <laughs> All right. So you're saying that if you want to get a uh, go to a good school and play sports, you should go to
1: go to USC, go to UCLA, go to Washington, go to a school that gives you a good education and also cares about your sport. Uh, it's I'll say the same thing. If Stanford goes back to where they were like five years ago, where they could compete on a national level, great. That's what the conference. I'm also talking about from a full conference. Uh, perspective here. That's what the conference needs. The conference does not need a team that's going to go 10-3, and three, steal a guard, a center, and a tackle away uh, uh, from each other Pac-12 you, power. You're you
0: only talking online? <laughs>
1: that, I mean, that's particularly where they take players from the West Coast, from the other schools that could compete at that level, uh, then just don't quite get to the level where they're, they're nationally making a statement anymore.
0: David Shaw still might be sneakily the best coach in the conference. But guess what? Don't forget, we've got Chip Kelly and Herm Edwards joining the conference next year. One of those got one of those teams e- either way, regardless of what you think about the Herm Edwards hire. They've got resources in Tempe. They've got a ton of resources in Westwood and in and, and at UCLA. One of those schools has got to step up and go and win 10 games, don't you think?
1: They do, especially the balanced power of the North and the South. Those programs are kind of like the Georgia and like the Ellis... I not want to go as far as LSU, but say like a Georgia and a Tennessee of the Pac-12 where it's like this program makes sense as like a really good football program, and they've done it a little bit in the past, but they just underachieve every year, always seem to make the weird wrong higher, or if they get something going... Don't like, talk shit it, about Herm Edwards. It never this, seems to This stick. is a
0: pro-Herm... Podcast,
1: you know you know better than detection. I was talking about Chip, okay? Oh, got it. All right. You know, but yeah, the, those two programs have the base to be really good, and they just never are. And someone else, one of them, one it doesn't have to be both. One needs to at least be consistently a really good program. I agree with you, Jack, and
0: I think that Herm is going to rise the Sun Devils to to their rightful spot as the kings of the South. He's a builder of young men. And if you, if you make someone a better person, then it's going it, to, you know, that's going to trickle down to success on the, on the football field. I fully firmly believe that the opposite side of the coin, scumbag in, in Tucson, Rich Rod, he's out. We're going to have a new coach in, at Arizona. Who the hell knows who that's going to be? But Rich Rod is an all-time creeper. Bad Uh, His former assistant claims that Rich Rod was grabbing his genitalia in front of her and they nicknamed him the Predator. (laughs) He's been known as the Predator on campus for two years. Jack, he created something called the Hideaway Book. So this was something that he had just for his staff, for the the insiders in his football program that um, concealed all sorts of infidelities with wives and girlfriends and yeah, his assistant was kind of the keeper of like, all of these secrets that were going on uh, behind closed doors in, in the Arizona coaching, coaching staff. In that book, it said, Title IX doesn't exist in this office. <laughs> Rich is claiming that all of these allegations are baseless and false. He says that the university determined that there was no truth to any of um, this former assistant's allegations. I don't know. I mean, to me, zero surprise that Rich Rod is a creeper.
1: No, it, uh, maybe some of those mishaps in his past make sense now, or the inconsistencies in the programs.
0: There was a moment where Rich Rod had his wife and his mistress on the sidelines at the game with his assistant in between them. And her job was to keep the wife and the girlfriend from interacting Meanwhile, Rich Rod's coaching the game on the same <laughs> yeah. sidelines.
1: Yeah, it doesn't make sense. It, it makes total sense if you go back. I'm sure and look at games, and if they look sloppy, or if the program, if Arizona just didn't seem to put it together. I mean, if you have that kind of craziness going on,
0: Rich Rod would time his workouts so that he could walk by this female assistant and the staff in his underwear with no shirt on. Uh, and then he would greet them with good morning every morning. Rich Rod, stop it. Who doesn't want to see that, you know? I don't, and I think that most of the people in the building in Tucson don't, and I think that the reason that he's out of the building proves my point. Rich Rod, see you later. Where does, where does Rich Rod end up? He's going to do a hell of a job. He can go creep the hell out of everybody in some uh, big sky school <laughs> and sc- score about 75 points a game at uh, Idaho State. That'll be fantastic.
1: Yeah, that's one of those firings where you do look at the, you know some, like, small program that doesn't, like, doesn't care is like, oh, man, they're excited. Because he's a system, too. He's not, like, he could recruit. He knows how to run that thing anywhere. You know, he's going to make some, like, just, uh, you know, some Podunk team happy. Look for Rich Rod at, yeah, Western Kentucky. Pocatello. It it would be fantastic
0: to see him in Pocatello. No doubt about it. So since we last had the pod, Jack, the conference's probably two best quarterbacks, Josh Rosen and Sam Donald, have officially declared for the draft. Um, Donald may have been a bit of a surprise. You were were saying that he was going to come back. You thought he needed to be groomed a little bit more. But you know what? Maybe it makes sense. Go and in, in, in have a year in the NFL as long as you don't wind up in Cleveland, which he may end up in Cleveland. Very, very possible. Um, and kind of groom yourself in the NFL and get paid to do it versus doing it at, at SC, which, uh, let's be honest, may not have the best coaching staff.
1: <laughs> yeah, you, I was surprised. If nothing else, you, you don't see that many sophomore, uh, redshirt sophomore quarterbacks declare. Um, he seemed like a guy who uh, just it made sense to come back for a lot of reasons. But, yeah, at the same time, uh, it doesn't it shouldn't be shocking that he wants to go get paid and, and progress. And I can't remember if he was even recruited by Clay Elton staff. He might be a, uh, a Sark guy of all things. So, I, yeah, I don't think he has any like connection to the staff either. Maybe
0: it's funny you mentioned Sam Donald being a Sark guy. Sark has just coached the – he's the OC for the Falcons. Yeah. They just beat the Rams in L.A. tonight. They're going on to the the divisional round in the playoffs. Yeah. I'm picking the Falcons. They're going back to the Super Bowl, and Sark's going to
1: be there. Watch out for the Patron with Sark. Oh, Lord. L.A. He's in L.A., you know, relapse. That's
0: true. He'd go back to his old kind of SC haunts. (laughs) I'm surprised that he made it to this game.
1: (laughs) Hey, he's turning the corner.
0: Josh Rosen, he's going to be a top pick. You know, they're, they're going to battle it out for who gets to be the next quarterback added to that awesome Cleveland Browns quarterback jersey that's about 25 names <laughs> long right now. Um, by the way, they just had a parade in Cleveland today, an 0-16 parade.
1: All right. Who
0: wants to go join that franchise? <laughs> be in Cleveland, Ohio. No uh, it's about one degrees right now on, on the on the banks of Lake Erie. Um I think that uh, Rosen really wants to end up in New York, and, and it kind of makes sense. Now, Rosen, there may be some red flags. I mean, the guy is an outspoken dude. He's, he's a smart dude. And he comes from a background where he was kind of a privileged guy. He's spoken out against the NCAA. He's called it uh, indentured
1: servitude. He's very suspect, um, especially because he didn't necessarily prove it that much at, at UCLA. It's one thing to be that guy, be the personality, be the outspoken guy, and you know, uh, good to Rose Bowls every year. But I mean, he was injured a lot, and then when he played, he didn't win a ton of games. Um, he put up good numbers, uh, but he wasn't like out, outstanding. So he's a that's he's a major uh, question mark. But that's what drafting quarterbacks in the NFL is now. I mean, it's probably already been always been that to an extent, but. You just don't see very many sure shot guys coming out of college uh, at quarterback. So he's kind of like you kind of look at like what boxes he checks off with the arm accuracy uh, and just kind of that, you know, production when he's healthy. And you got to kind of go with it.
0: Well, the one thing about Rosen, though, and this is your point, Jack, and I really love it, is that he shows that he does have a love for football because he chose football over a Plushy life of being a tennis superstar.
1: Yeah, he could be a tennis pro right now at yep. a country club. Yeah, you know, but he's not. You know, That's he, right. he wants to play a little ball. You got to, you got to respect that.
0: Looking forward to 2018. I'm already counting down the days. We're about uh, 200 uh, in in four days away from when um, you know uh, guys are going to report to to fall camp in August. Who's what are the storylines that are gonna we're gonna hear about over the summertime?
1: I mean, Clay Helton in USC and replacing Darnold. And can they stay as the favorite? If Darnold had came back, I think they were the odds on favorite for the Pac 12 to win the Pac 12 next year. So, going to be interesting to see who their next guy is. They have a guy who's completely skipping his senior year next year uh, from Southern California who might be the favorite to to replace Darnold. And he would be essentially having his senior year in high school as the starting quarterback for USC. No, I'm not a believer (laughs) in that. (laughs) So, that's one. They'll be trash. And then kind of seeing uh, uh, Stanford or Washington, they're, they're bringing back similar teams. Which one of those they might want to step up? After that, then kind of keeping on the Oregon program. They are bringing a ton back, but they looked hellacious. Uh, and Justin Herbert specifically looked hellacious yeah. in the Las Vegas Bowl. So that's kind of the top level. After that, you got the uh, the new coaches, the Herm Edwards and Chip Kellys and whoever is going to be at Arizona. Well, we did- <laughs>
0: We're we're judging from a small sample size, but I think Mario Cristobal at at Oregon is
1: garbage. We'll see. Yeah, oh <laughs> you know, remember Chip Kelly's first game? you got to remember Chip Kelly's first game was the punt. The, the Boise State they like didn't have a first down in the first half. Okay. Uh, then they lost. Then uh, they got uh, then LeGarrette Bump punched out a guy, and oh, well, that uh, was his first game. So then offensively, okay. they uh, they scored okay. eight eight points. So you never know, but. I don't think he's Chip Kelly. I'll I'll, 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 I'll go down a record with that prediction.
0: We're going to be monitoring uh, Coach Cristobal's sleep patterns over the summertime. Uh, We'll let you know if it gets over uh, one hour per
1: year. 2017 wasn't the best year. Uh, It might have been the worst year for the conference, but probably (laughs) not. There was one of those years in the late 90s where I think Stanford won and the, the conference at like 8-4. and four.
0: Yeah, well, I'll, uh, the, the leading rusher for SC for the 1998 season was Petros Papadakis.
1: So, you know, it can only go up from there. It's been worse. It's been worse. The conference has good programs still. Uh, up there at the top, they got some sleeping giants. Uh, the, Bulls, the Bulls don't mean everything. Uh, we're losing a lot of star quarterbacks, but it, it's time to start anew. The old guys were getting a little stale. I think everyone was— uh, some of the old stars of the Luke Falks, the Roy Freeman's, the even Darlene and Rosen, we kind of saw them doing the same thing and over and also, over again. And
0: also, I think we're still unsure if Luke Falk is even good.
1: I, I already, as I said earlier tonight, uh, we're going to do a po- we could do a podcast series of figuring out if Jake Browning and Luke Falk are actually good or not. Yes. Uh, and I don't think anyone would ever be able to come up with a definitive answer.
0: <laughs> be sure to follow at Pacific Takes. I'm at Johnny Pullman. He's... At
1: Jack Pullman.
0: Hottest takes on the internet. We'll see you on Twitter. Leaving you guys with some words from Coach Saban and Coach Smart to get you ready for the national championship game on Monday night. Enjoy the game, and we'll talk to you later. I think this game was about sort of our identity as a team, and I don't think that anybody could question the relentless competitive attitude that we played with uh, Warrior-like mentality. I think that was a difference in the game
1: In your second year as the head coach at your alma mater, you're taking him to a national championship Let that soak in and tell me what it means to you
0: Go Dawgs! We had a mentality that you don't remember the wins, you remember the losses. You know, we got to move on to the National Championship game.